0: Ahoy, fellow Hull Explorers! Well, oh, that's off on a good start. <laughs> and welcome aboard the Joy of Trek, a hyperfixation podcast, gosh, yes, exploring
1: the captain's chairs and ensign's cerebellums of Star Trek. All of, of it. it. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And perfecting my family's recipe in the galley is your chief engineer, Greg.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I wonder what that is. Together we're on a mission through the black holes of Star Trek to find the parametric scans of Captain Archer's butt and the excellence in every episode. Even the plummy group. Because every episode must be someone's favorite and it might as well be us. So
2: activate your read alert and join us as we fly into... <laughs> the, the Joy, joy of, of Trek!
0: Trek. <laughs> oh, well done, Greg. Oh. Uh, this script was, was written for us by our chief engineer, <sighs> fellow Hole
2: Explorers. I'm impressed, yes, no, re- absolutely. So, guess which episode we're doing? Oh, wrong. God. It's the other <laughs> one. <laughs> no, it's uh, um, Enterprise Season 2, Episode 9 Singularity. Oh, yes.
0: And this was recommended to us by Nazi. At a time when I hadn't really fully, like, figured out, like, the, the, the sort of pattern of recommendations that we're yeah. looking for, the sort of personal recommendations. And Nazi was previously a fan of our Farscape podcast, where uh, our listeners would send in their uh, humorous synopses. So oh, that's yes. what we have today. Thank ah, you to excellent. Nazi for the synopsis. We've encountered a spatial anomaly, and everyone except to Paul is going a little nuts. Tripp's obsessed with a chair, Hoshi's going crazy in the kitchen, Phlox is definitely about to commit medical malpractice, and Malcolm accidentally invents the next 200 years of Starfleet security. <laughs> do you have any a warp cores that you want to dump?
2: Oh, um, do I have any? I don't really think there are any. Let me see if I can... I have to say something, but I'm saving that for my deleted scene. Ooh, uh... oh wow, you've been taking notes. Well done. <laughs> Uh, let's see. No, no, I don't think I have any warp core dumps. No.
0: Same here. I mean, at worst, I want to say something about like the CGI, which at the time was really exciting, computer generated, like exterior oh. ships, now look dated. But I feel like they're starting to look dated in a way that's almost, I don't know, sort of nostalgic. I mean, the
2: graphics are fine. It feels a little bit like you're watching it on VHS. Oh, wow. Well, just a little bit low-res, but it feels like the entire show is a bit... Oh, that's interesting. I mean, it was filmed in HD. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I noticed it's also widescreen because I noticed that from the GIFs. huh Yeah. It just... I don't know, I mean, the outside graphics. Oh, well, the, I mean,
0: the asteroid field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that felt a little bit clunky, but... had a video... game. But, of course, like, yeah. for the time, these were amazing effects and, like, the use of uh, computer-generated imagery was a fantastic innovation. But, yeah, it's... I mean... Things have moved on. We can see how gorgeous Discovery and Strange New Worlds are now and what a, what a feast of the eyes they are. Mm. So, yeah, it, it, it almost kind of feels dated in a way that the special effects of, like, the next generation felt dated when Enterprise was airing. Right, yeah. Also, I notice every episode of Enterprise that we've watched, and admittedly this is only two, yeah. has been about people losing their minds and not, like, being their best self. Previously it was the captain – in uh, Chief, remind me What was the episode called again? That would be Night
1: in Sick Bay. Yeah, thanks
0: uh, who, who just wasn't himself He was having a very bad, no good day uh-huh. And now everybody's having A really very weird hyperfixation day, day. Yes Apparently. Also referred to as Finals
2: Time at Starfleet Academy
0: Oh, wow <laughs> Okay, there's some interesting Headcanon that we're going to dive into But shall we get on with the episode? Get it on did you say hit it on? Yes. I like you. <laughs> it took me a second to realize that, oh. I do that fairly often as well, where I just, I have an emotion that I want to convey, and it's usually very supportive. And then I trust my brain to just say some words, and you just, well, you was, just I, vamp.
2: I think it just kind of like was a correlation between hit uh, uh, it and... get it on. Get it on, or something like that. So. <laughs> I don't know um we're opening <laughs> with a you. gorgeous shot of the uh, trainery system that is uh, featuring in this episode and the bridge is in tatters and I think it's rather amusing because my first note is chair's gone. Oh yes it's the first thing that jumped out of me uh,
1: very the, good uh, yeah. chair
0: was missing. And there are people sort of strewn about, mm-hmm. and we have to pull monologuing.
1: Science Officer's Log, August 14th,
2: 2152. Uh,
0: that she's oh, transmitted she, a distress she's, signal. Yeah, she's, uh, she's not monologuing, she's logging. Oh, well, she's, she's mono yeah. logging. Ah. Uh,
2: distress uh, <laughs> uh, um. call, nearest Vulcan ship, it's more than nine days away, and by the time the, they arrive, they might only find debris, even if that.
1: Even if Enterprise makes it past the black hole without being destroyed. It seems likely the crew won't survive.
0: Bam! Thirty seconds, (laughs) and we're into the credits. Yeah, (laughs) the credits, which, Chief, you don't need to play them. I still don't enjoy them. Uh, It's okay for people not to like things. I'm not going to harp about it. No, I'm not going to be mean. No, but last time he sort of teased me with because in the edit, like he kept dropping it in as if I'm some sort of evil, evil Scrooge-like figure. (laughs) I'm not. I just, I just like a lot of things, and then, you know.
2: And the credits are not one of them. That's fine. Um, yeah. Yes. You didn't press the uh, warp credits button, so that's fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I wanted to, like, really watch the visuals and mm-hmm. sort of tune out the... Because the, 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 the opening montage is fantastic. All these, you know, sea ships and the space exploration vessels and eventually spaceships. Most, most of them bearing the name Enterprise. A lot of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with various spellings, but also like a little Mars rover and uh, a shuttle. That was
2: that, that was the first one, the,
0: the first really
2: successful one, I think. It was uh, it. What was,
1: it was his little name cutie. again? Cutie. Hey, Chief Engineer Greg here. Just going to save you guys both a little bit of time here. You're thinking of Sojourner. That's the one that you're thinking of. That's the one that they show in the credits here.
0: Um, (laughs) And you noticed, I was very proud of you, you noticed the Phoenix in the opening. Oh, right, Uh, yes. uh, Zefram Cochrane's first warp-capable ship. I noticed the design for, like, I think that's the Zenger. Mm -hmm. was designed for, like, a a space plane or a a, a wide-bodied shuttle. And then finally, of course, we only see it from behind. It has all of these blue exhausts between its warp cells. Oh, right. And the Enterprise just has two impulse exhausts. Yeah. So whatever that ship is, Maybe, I know that there was a lot of speculation it, about it.
2: Oh, it's not the Vulcan ship from uh, the same... Uh...
0: Vulcans have a very different design philosophy. True. They use... Let me see if I'm getting the term right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, we're getting into Kaki's little nerdy corner. Yeah. Annular warp coils. Mm-hmm. So instead of warp nacelles, like two big honkin' chunks on either side, they have these ovals. Oh right. Um, yes. something that we later see or earlier see in the Romulan uh, the Deridex class cruiser as well, also these these ovals. Mm. And I read, Oh, Chief, please help me out if you know where the, the, the source is at the end of this. I read this awesome sort of headcanon explanation, or perhaps even sort of a, a behind the scenes like philosophizing by the designers. Mm-hmm. These are two radically different ways to achieve a warp field. The Vulcan way is much more efficient. It's much better. But it requires you to plot a course, plan your whole mission, and then you have to complete that journey. You can't change course. You can't drop out beforehand. Ooh, that's without like consequences damaging Tricky. your ship yeah. but uh, it's much more fuel efficient it's much more uh, uh, effective in a lot of ways these two big honken uh, warpner cells need a lot more maintenance but you can stop and start and you can uh, explore along the way right and it really comes down to a cultural difference mm. because for for human explorers like the ability to Change your mind. Right, let's go uh, here now. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was, uh, it's, a, it's a huge value add. Whereas and the Vulcans, Vulcans are more like, yeah, we're just going to go where we needed to go anyway. And, they don't see the problem. Yeah. We should have had the right plan to begin with. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to complete it.
2: Paul is telling on that like this strange sickness has stricken the crew. And it's actually quite interesting to say how she's completely not mentioned anything of that, which we're, of course, going to learn throughout the episode, which is essentially one big flashback.
0: Yes. Actually, maybe that's the warp core. I say we eject the warp core! She's really burying the lead. Right. Because... In the course of recording this log where she's telling this story, we find out that she's actually got a plan that's more and more urgent. Mm. Where by the end, okay, and now it's time to execute my plan. The thing that she already knew that she had to do that was very time sensitive, that she's just been kind of ignoring while she's. Well, maybe it's like. You
2: know, she's just, as in what you just said, she's made the plan. She's gone, like, we've set it up. (laughs) I've I've plotted the course. No, Um, no, she hasn't. She has a thing that she needs to do. She needs to go talk to the captain. Okay, well, that turns. Right. She does. And actually, this is where I kind of disagree with, uh, even to Paul. She says like, oh, we Vulcans, we are unaffected. I think she's not. I think she is just as affected as the rest. It's, oh,
0: you think this log is her obsession?
2: This is just her obsession.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just more spread out.
2: She's just like not having the physiological effects of it. But I think she, I think she is just because she, I mean, remember later on, she's like, Oh yeah I haven't been on the bridge in hours and like I would like the sensor suite installed in my uh in my cabin. You're right. She is just as affected as everybody else because she wants to like get out of the way and just do her thing and just do her, work her do her, her, do do her, job. her science. And, yeah, that's her fixation. Uh, oh wow. <laughs> it's a milder case though. <laughs> yes, oh yeah, well, like I said she doesn't she's not as physiologically uh, affected as everybody else is cuz so they this, end up passing out.
0: This episode has a really interesting structure because it starts off with actually like all these little scenes of sort of trivial matters Yes. that there's suddenly time for because, okay, they arrive near a black hole where Vulcans have studied two thousands of them, but never in a trinary system. Yep. And if we approach it carefully enough on impulse, which will take about two days, we can get some valuable data, yep. which, you know, I don't know exactly why Trip Tucker is there to help the captain make a decision don't know why that is but chief engineer he's just well wasn't he called to the bridge for
2: uh, uh, no, no he's, al- to, he's already yeah. just there yeah
0: and they decide okay we'll take this time archer probably doesn't mind like getting a scientific trump over the vulcan science academy oh absolutely not so it means they've got two days of relative downtime just cruising on impulse and he says to to trip hey if you've got some free time i'd love it if you take a look at my chair sir the captain's chair which very quickly turns into, prioritize my chair over everything else. <laughs> yes. because, well, I was going to dump a warp core or vent some plasma or whatever. The chair first, please.
2: Yeah. Because uh, it, it's really bothering him. He can't sit right in it, and he is hoping to uh, get that fixed.
0: Yeah, because he doesn't spend a lot of time in the chair because he feels like he's going to slip out.
2: Yeah. And I'm actually wondering if that was actually a thing that Scott Bakula had while he was on set, you know, that the set chair was this. Oh!
0: Oh,
1: Chief, is that true? <laughs> I regret to say that as far as I was able to tell, I couldn't find anything about that being the reason why this change was made.
2: It, I mean, I noticed that especially at the end, he's still sitting incorrectly in the chair. There's, there's still a downward angle to his... Uh, oh, his, uh, thighs to his thighs are pointing down. Yeah, yeah exactly. His, his
0: knees are lower than his uh, Right, so the, the, his stairs,
2: the chair is still too
0: high. Uh, I like that they're sort of leaning over the railing, sort of looking at that chair. It's uh-huh. such a cool frame, <laughs> the two of them, while they're having this conversation. And meanwhile, Archer's obsession is he's been asked to write the preface to a biography about his, his father.
2: Who seems to be a great scientist as well, warp technology scientist, I suppose, because he was in, in the Montana uh, Warp Research Institution.
0: Yes, he was I a, a, a leading it. scientist or, an, or yeah. engineer in the Warp 5 program to build Earth's first Warp 5 capable engine, which was also like... Jonathan Archer's inspiration to go into space and why he's mm-hmm. so keen and driven to get the Enterprise uh, and to get this mission of exploration going, uh, because that's his father's engine. Yeah,
1: Chef didn't report for duty this morning. He's ill. Is it serious? Dr. Flock said it's a simple virus. He should be fine after a few days rest.
2: But Hoshi is willing to take over the mess.
0: Archer is very briefly concerned. Is it serious? Says, no, no, a simple virus you're in a completely enclosed ecosystem yeah. and the person who prepares everyone's food has contracted a virus. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't you be handing out like inoculations, doing some contact tracing? Maybe. But he,
2: instead he just asked her for advice on how to go about writing the preface to uh,
0: his dad's um, biography. Because how do you condense a whole <laughs> life into one single page? And she gives really, really good advice. Mm.
1: Perhaps by focusing on one incident. A single event that exemplifies your relationship with your father, you'll be able to condense your thoughts.
0: He considers that a very logical approach, and he asks her if she'd be willing to read it afterwards, and
2: in fact he tries to rope her into writing it for him, <laughs> which she's like, "Oh, I don't think I'm qualified."
0: For reading, she says, "I'd be happy to." Right which she doesn't comment on. It's a very unvulcan expression.: Yes, but she's just using human phraseology. yep.
1: Chef is planning to make fried chicken tonight with scalloped potatoes and some of the Minara and spinach we picked up on Raisa.
2: I'm just going
0: to call him Joey. Oh, because he reminded <laughs> I, you of just, Joey from Friends? Yes. <laughs> he reminded me of the commander of the Makos who shows up uh, later on. But mm. fine. Cadet Joey uh, is there to, uh, to assist her. And he says, well, uh, if you uh, give me the specifications for what you wanted to produce, then we can uh, get that in the protein sequencers And goes, oh, no. Because she's going to make her family's Odeng recipe. Yep. I don't know what odang is. Do you know what it is? Um, it's something brothy.
2: Yeah, I have no idea.
1: Chief Engineer Greg here. It's no help to the boys here. However, for those that are wondering, odang is a Japanese stew that Hoshi's referring to here. But there's also odang or amok, which is a South Korean fish cake dish from when Japan colonized the Korean peninsula. That word has stuck around. <sighs>
0: Oh, yes. Okay. I have a wonderful tweet for you. Yes. There's a screen that they pass that shows the menu that they were going to have for the next week. Oh, there, right, yes. Are you interested in this menu? Uh, I already saw that it was in the preparation notes. I didn't put it in there. (laughs) How about, hey, how about we read these? And how about, Greg, you put on some softcore porn music. <laughs> what, is it your, what is your obsession with uh, he does really good softcore porn music yeah? I okay, just really like fair, it. softcore porn enough, music fair enough All right. because on Thursday we're having fried chicken, scalloped mm. potatoes and some of that menar spinach you know, the orange stuff the chef mm. thinks he can make it edible mm. and how about Friday? Friday, it's grilled
2: trout, almondine, mm. rice pilaf and green
0: beans Mm. (laughs) kind of making a mockery out of my my attempt to like to do some food porn I thought you'd be into it but fine we have a lot more to go on Saturday Mm. we've got filet mignon grilled curled onions that sounds actually f***ing dope green peas this time and then Carnegie style cheesecake Mm. oh this one has a dessert Sunday does grilled
2: vegetable panini green olive caviar and peach cobbler what is also can. Getting...
0: Olive caviar.
2: Oh no idea. I have Maybe to... little Chief. green olives turned into
0: little caviar like balls. Chief, do you know yeah. what green olive caviar
1: is? And please use the same tone of voice so the music can continue. Oh yeah. Okay? Green caviar looks like it's one of two things. Either caviar made with pimento olives or made with sea grapes, a type of seaweed.
0: Uh, oh, yeah, on Monday gotcha. we got Grandma De Rosa's lasagna, garlic bread, mm-hmm. and mixed green salad. And on Tuesday, a three course
2: fondue. Fondue. Uh, <clears throat> uh, bread and green apple and cheese, lamb and beef and soy, red apples and strawberries in chocolate with champagne optional. That's an excessive ten. What a. Yeah.
0: This is a Tuesday? <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> this this kitchen is amazing. Oh, I see. Well, now I now understand. So you, uh, there, yeah, three courses. Yeah, you've f- got
0: three fondue, right? Three yes. oh, and that's like excessive. Anyway, you got you got cheese and soy and chocolate. And on Wednesday we got grilled Vietnamese pork crepe. Oh, that sounds awesome. Steamed rice mm-hmm. yeah. and plomic tea. See, you're uh, getting into
2: it. Roast duck with on Thursday raspberry sauce, yeah. asparagus and
0: ginger, and a twice baked potato. <laughs> Kind of, I kind of regret it, but I appreciate you like doubling down on it. Friday, we've got a noodle kugel. Do you know what that is? Uh, I can think of It's like
2: those uh, German uh, potato dumplings uh, type. Those are often called oh, co- kugel a, something or anything. Yeah,
0: but with, uh, it's a, uh, a Jewish dish, I believe, and it's got egg noodles. Mm. And brisket. Mm. Ooh, And cabbage. Cabbage. Uh, on
2: Saturday, grilled Alpine surprise. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> French fries and Argelian
0: cold and on Sunday, we've got homestyle, barbecue, bring your own beer <laughs> <laughs> Wow This kitchen is amazing It's a chef, is certainly a uh, dedicated I mean, if chef. this was the, the menu on like a submarine, imagine that
2: Yeah. I mean, also, yes, is he just like cooking I mean, how many people does Enterprise have?
0: Uh, a little souls? over a hundred
2: Yeah, that's a big menu You, you don't cook a hundred people four meals a day with one person, I think
0: well, he seems to have Cadet Joey as right. a, a sous-chef, uh. and a lot of that comes out of the replicator. Oh, maybe actually... Oh, replic- they, have, they have replicators? Uh, they've the- got a protein resequencer. Right. So maybe actually what we're dealing with is just the same nutrient slurry, oh. except you get a little sort of scent cup that you can hold under your nose. <laughs> oh, ew.
2: So you can... <laughs> you know. Ew, I say, ew.
0: No, you're not into it? No. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> no, no. It's... I forget who it was. I might be quoting some comedian. I might be quoting a friend from college who was, oh, they, they sort of specialized in meals that involved like melted cheese. Yes. Such as melted cheese surprise, which is you get something that's just absolutely slathered in melted cheese. And you and have you, to figure out what it is. And you bite it. And you sort of wonder, yeah, <laughs> what is it? You have to sort of get... Yes, and then you can win a little prize, which is more cheese. Oh, and the other one was cheese fantasy. When you oh. eat something like an apple or something, and you just imagine it's covered in <laughs> filter <Jeez>. cheese. Wow. <laughs> it might in fact be me. It's one of those memories I don't I don't I don't know how to associate it with it. But no, Hoshi has eliminated all this and she's going to make Odeng from scratch.
2: Mm. Odeng. It sounds the, the name sounds Unless oh no, she's Japanese, right? Yes. Is she Korean, Japanese? I don't know. No,
0: she's Japanese. I, yeah. I wonder if her full family is Japanese or whether she's you know of uh, a yeah. mixed descent. mean, odeng,
2: If you say it like that, it sounds a bit like Indonesian. It's, uh, it sounds Indonesian.
0: A lot of words end in in uh, yeah. uh, in, in Indonesian or I should say like. Javanese, I mean, I I guess the names of those dishes are significantly older than the the national Indonesian language. Right, yes. It was created in the 1950s in Mm. response to independence and wanting to communicate. But yes, so she just casually delete, 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 all that cool stuff and leave the spinach to Chef when he's better. I'm going to make a big pan of odang.
2: Yes. Meanwhile, another ensign wanders into Busek Bay. Uh, with a headache.
0: Travis Mayweather. And at first I thought that Flox was also obsessing, having a culinary obsession, because he's dipping oh, some just, granules. Yeah, he's just being, like he's just, he's just doing petal. his pharmacy
2: work. He's just like, yeah, grinding up powders. He's got his little floss. And he's, he seems a little bit irritated almost at yeah. being interrupted. Is there something I can do for you?
0: I've got a little headache. Nothing serious. Well, can't you just give me something? And he says very ethically, yes. It would be improper for me to provide medication Without examination first mm, Please sit yeah. down. And that starts off that particular story So like
2: It's the scariest of all mm. of them, honestly oh, totally Like, Phlox is
0: terrifying Because he, he starts off with Oh, you know, it could be nothing It could be just muscular tension
2: On the other hand Trelian plague starts out with a simple headache And then all manner of nasty things begin to happen I love so how he says a, yeah, nasty. thing, <laughs> And then he goes like, okay, I guess I will be able to uh, sit here now and uh, have you examine me for that a little bit first. Because it's been a few days, but he really wants to get... Like, the Ensign's obsession is to get back to his job also.
0: To do his job right, because, yeah, 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 like, I might disappoint the captain. He might demote me to deck swab. I might get court-martialed, executed <laughs> even. <laughs>
2: yes, he gets uh, very much uh, nervous about, like, not being able to go to... The bridge, Trip is starting to take the chair apart. He's doing that with this n- pneumatic screwdriver.
0: Yeah, what was this for? I don't mm. know what it does. It sounds like a dental drill.
2: Yeah, I mean, it looks like he, he's, he's sitting there with the working at the glowy bit under the captain's chair. Oh yeah, uh, and no idea what he's doing. But he's, I think, he's just sitting there, and I think what he's holding is just an air gun. He's just like brushing, but like
1: <laughs> he's just like
2: blowing air out of the uh, cracks and. Uh,
0: Under the chair And then we get to the final obsession Which is a new status alert Because the the captain arrives in the armory Where immediately Reed He stands up real straight and says Oh I would have come to you sir Because he's uptight like that He's very very deferential Mm -hmm. to his his Captain, captain Yes,
1: I've been reviewing our encounters
0: With hostile species The crew's response has been admirable But I feel we can do better sir and what he wants is like some to propose is some kind of ready state that's that's already known. So instead of having to issue independent orders, you know, secure the reactor, polarized, charge the phasers, all the whole There's just one alert condition
2: that will do bring us everything to this uh, reference
0: point. Yes. See, I thought that was just normal. I mean, I, I grew up with Star Trek, where red alert was, right. which we're obviously talking about, right? Yes, it's such a normal thing. I thought that there was like maritime precedent to this. I would think so. I mean, that's what you...
2: That's at least the impression you gave. Well, Well, I mean, there is, because...
0: Something a bit more comprehensive than battle stations. Oh, yes, it's... Because that's too aggressive. Yeah, because
2: we're not a military ship. And I think about, Reed is like, yeah, that's very obvious. He's like, <laughs> Hey,
0: everybody's good at one thing. Yeah. And then you kind of want your thing to be the most important thing. Well, yes. Because it is to you. But like in Battlestar Galactica, they just had like Condition 1
2: yeah. and Condition 2. So Condition 1 throughout the fleet, yes.
0: Exactly. And action stations, which I really liked.
2: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that you have. And like later on, we get Yellow Alert and Red Alert. And those two have two different uh, sets of... Uh, Sets of things that need to be doing.
0: Yes, so places where you need to be security yeah. settings that need to be on consoles. There's there's probably a whole uh, like a whole semester about just what goes on in uh, Yellow Alert when you go through Starfleet Academy. Do you know there's also a Blue Alert? No, never heard of it. A so medical it, thing situation. Now you only see it twice,
1: Chief. What
0: what what do we do again when we do Blue Alert? No, we know obviously we're
1: testing you. <laughs> so Blue Alert seems to be for different things depending on the ship. Uh, it's largely for like just exceptional situations, so environmental hazards, power failure, docking separation maneuvers, or landing protocols. The Voyager used Blue Alerts for landing sequences, such as in 37s, Demons, and Dragon's Teeth. And then the Prometheus class used it for their multi-vector assault mode in Message in a Bottle. The Defiant used it for their cloaking device in The Search Part 1. And then in TNG, when the environmental systems failed, Blue Alert was called for in the episode Brothers.
2: Well done, Chief. Good. That was well under one minute and 30 seconds. (laughs)
0: Yeah, okay, I do have another, I do have another warp course. Oh, sorry, oh wow. Yeah, plan. hold on, we're not there yet, but it's going to... Uh, we're just skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah. Like, at some point, Reed issues, like, an unsanctioned battle drill. Yeah. And then he times everyone's, like, yes. time for reporting to the bridge. One minute and 49 seconds. Why would the chief engineer be required on the bridge? Ah. That's not where you're supposed to re- report. No, no, true.
2: And he's... Uh, I kind of want to go throw shields up, but...
0: Okay, no, we'll no, 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 because I right no, no, because I know that's why oh, okay. I said,, like,
2: okay, because I, I only want to push it for for a genuine uh, situation because could, you you are, you are, just, you are just anything you are kind of right about it. It's, I mean, probably it's in the protocol that he wrote, which the chief engineer also hasn't read because he wanted to because he's been working on the chair,
0: <laughs> yeah, and he just emailed it like super duper secure. oh, yes, so so secure that nobody can get into it, I'm sure.
2: Uh, it's like one of those people who call you up and they're like, oh,
0: have you read my email? No, <laughs> yes, I didn't, because that's not how time works. But OK, speaking of how time works, this is kind of like it, it, it's kind of difficult to go through this episode beat by beat. It is. Because each of these plots, like they escalate. So kind of predictably, we see what's coming pretty early on. Because while I talked about how exciting it was to get to see some, you know, almost lower decks kind of day-in-the-life stuff, we already see their, like, hyperfixation and their uh, annoyance with one another starting. And, well, obviously that's what's going to keep happening, especially if there's mysterious radiation.
2: Yes. So uh, at certain points, there's, like, a first mention of the symptoms. And I go, like, okay, what I've got written down is some symptoms are everybody becomes even more of an overachiever. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Uh, and then my second comment on that was uh, being more themselves actually, an exaggerated personality. But that doesn't really work out. Uh, that's it's not that a certain aspect of their personality is magnified. It's more of a yeah, they they get a massive See, obsession I, with whatever it was that they're doing at the point they got infected.
0: Yeah, it's almost like their. I mean, their their brain is being affected, and I and I do recognize that. Like I've had I've had you know, times in my life when my brain wasn't working the way that it ought to. And one of the, the, the ways that manifested for me was, was avoidance behavior of tasks mm-hmm. that I knew were very important. Well, tell, tell yeah, me about really it. <laughs> recognizable for a tell lot me. of people, right? And then you, like, find relief in small tasks that you can control, that right. are usually busy work, but that you can completely fill your mind with, so that there's no room yep. to think about the things that are and
2: actually then, important. And then you've been busy, and like, oh, but I've been productive, but yes, but that thing that you were doing is still looming there overhead, and that hasn't been solved. And that, yes, tell me about it. That's like my my number one (laughs) issue I'm having right now in my
0: life. It's, you know, very recognizable. And unfortunately, there are methods to deal with that. In fact, a lot of people seem to be asking for help which is normally a very good solution for for these hyperfixations. Because, like, the buddy system, working together with someone is, like, it unlocks a lot of this emotional stress. So Archer asking for help from T'Pol and encouraging Reed to, like, run this proposal of yours by the other senior officers, get some feedback, then we'll talk again. That's excellent.
2: Yes, which is actually what he's doing. Because in the mess hall, he's sitting there talking to uh, Trip. Why don't you just call it security protocol?
1: Well, it's not very dynamic.
2: Do you think a cup holder is too much? Dynamic is such a.
0: <laughs> That's what people with not a lot of experience in, or, you know, artistic sense or whatever <laughs> yes. call whatever they can't really describe. And it's fine. Yeah. It's
2: fine.
1: It's the captain's chair. It's just as important as your. Read alert. Read alert? That's not bad.
2: This has led, in Reed's case, to kind of ignore his dinner, to which Hoshi gets takes a bit of... Uh, offense is not really the word, but that's where her obsession starts.
0: He's perfectly reasonable. Like, this yeah. is just someone who just, you know, he's not really hungry at the moment, is I'm what he says. on my work. Uh, and she said, I'll get you a fresh bowl. Yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. no. anything wrong with it? No, it
2: was lovely. Well, and then he just... Kind of to blow her off or just to give her something. It's like, yep. I thought it was a little bit too salty. She's like, too salty? It's like, tastes fine to me. Uh,
0: and She's so decisive. She takes a sip yeah. with his spoon from yeah. his bowl, which is, you know, yeah. this is a great way to spread those viruses everyone. Yeah. But no, it tastes fine. She says decisively. And he uh, goes, well, it must just be me then. Everybody else seems to be enjoying it. Yeah. Which is a perfectly normal conversation. <laughs> but yet... That of course, doesn't no, that doesn't fly when
2: you're, when you're having an uh, overfixation on something. Then you go, like, something must be wrong because not everybody likes it. Which is also a, you know, you can't, leave, you can't please anybody, everybody. Uh, no, also that's a fine. Good, uh, also a good thing to remember. It's like, wh- why would you like to try to uh, please people you don't like? You
0: know, <laughs> well, hold on. You're supposed to like your fellow crew. <laughs> no, true. That's but... not the same thing. But that's why, oh, I was about to say, that's why you have, like, salt and pepper on tables. right. I didn't see any of that when I went to Rome a while no. back. Okay, it's like apparently it's just really not. You you get what you get. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't see a single like salt shaker on a huh. on any on any restaurants. Yeah. And in other places, like they've got olive oil there, so you can add for uh, right. uh, to yeah. taste,
2: or chili flakes and yeah, vinegar. I've seen plenty. Was it like is that like some weird thing that about? Uh, salt, pepper, and other, and like little that oh? they found like ancient uh, or like several hundred year old condiment things, like uh, little trios, and it's like it's what salt, pepper, and the other thing. Oh
0: yeah, and the other thing that everyone puts on their food
2: put- that we just don't write down. No, because every, everybody has that. Yeah, so, and we've just never mentioned it. Salt and pepper are also not specifically mentioned, but we know that they are in use. But yeah, yeah, and it's
0: because- the other one, and nobody oh, knows well. what it is. But, well, okay, so did the container also have holes? Was it also a sprinkle? I can't remember what it, I, can, I don't remember what it was. It was like is. a little bottle with a. Oh, no, yeah. okay, now we need to know. I need to know what the other thing is. Well, go like see the,
2: Dr. Phlox, you're starting to hope <laughs> for
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I can stop anytime I want. Yeah. I just really need to tell you about the Roman dodecahedrons. Yes. These sort of bronze ah. dodecahedron things yes. with holes in them yeah. and little nubbly bits yes. sticking out that are found. Well, over many parts of the Roman Empire. Usually in the more northerly colder regions. In various forms. And sometimes people had multiple ones in multiple sizes. And nobody knows what they were for. Until? No, that's not true. Uh, there was a lady who said, yes. that, oh, it's actually great for like storing yarn. It's not that great. And that's not what they were for. No. And also, nobody was doing anything with yarn back then. Because they hadn't invented knitting yet. Well that's the thing it's it's more of a I recently saw someone
2: uh, who went like actually these are perfect for crocheting fingers for gloves and they demonstrated that it like that there's a crocheting technique oh okay which uh, you can use those nubbly things and you can that's why you have the different sizes holes on them because you want different sizes. oh
0: I think I saw that as well and I think they're also crocheting way too modern oh. Romans were crocheting
2: okay I have no idea how I mean yeah I don't know when was knitting involved invented Thirteenth uh, century thereabouts. Okay, I'm sure crocheting is older than that. Why? Well, it's a really easy way to like get yarn to stick to, to like to make some, make make fat things out of. Uh, but so is knitting. Yarn. Yeah, true. But Why? it's much it's... it's simpler than knitting. Crocheting.
0: Okay, but if you're doing crocheting, you can do knitting pretty soon.
2: Yes, maybe. Yeah. Don't know.
0: Are we passing through a, a, think, a black hole think, trinary system so, right yeah. now? Is this what it's like?
2: Yes.
0: Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's not a, a trinary system that they're passing through. Maybe they're all just podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, then we work on that, but...
0: Um... Phlox is on a witch doctor hunt. Yes. Because he hasn't been able to find anything over the entire night that he's been studying Ensign Mayweather. Who still wants to get back to the bridge.
1: But your scans didn't show anything. That's what concerns me. Whatever's afflicting you may be laying dormant. I'm going to run a full biomolecular scan to see if we can find where it's hiding.
0: Time for a microsection of your brain. Yes. Oh, that sounds fantastic. First, he puts him in the imaging chamber. I really like this sort of set piece because instead of like a bio bed, yeah. uh, which they'd have in the 23rd century. They just century. roll
2: him into a uh, kind of MRI machine type thing. I yeah. think they reuse that same set for the photon torpedo launch tubes. <laughs> Well this one's built into into Sigma. I, I <laughs> I'll bet you that the other end of that set, the back of that set is the Oh,
0: <laughs> oh that's interesting. That might be the case. When I was about eight years old, my father took me on a tour of the Warp 5 facility outside of Bozeman, Montana. And now we see things like really taking a turn because we have Archer dictating a honestly rather bad preface. Right. Uh where he says the this this sort of moment where he first visited the Warp 5. Oh, yes, yeah. The Warp 5 facility outside of Bozeman, Montana.
2: I um, wonder if, like, headcanon type, like, we can uh, connect Archer to the Duttons. To the what? There's a series called Yellowstone. With Kevin Costner as the Patra Familias. oh uh, yes, and uh, this is your
0: hyperfixation these last <laughs> few few months. <laughs> it's
2: this show we've been, I've been watching with my other with the other yeah, half. It's,
0: it's come up a lot on this show <laughs> that is not about that. You know, but, it's, but, it,
2: takes, it, but it takes place close to Bozeman, Montana. It's oh, like, cool! It's uh, around the Yellowstone area. So, um, but yes, scientists with
0: names like Tasaki and Cochrane. And he says, and he's like, I don't these know, like, lines are so bad. In a way, creating a stable warp field mirrored the flux of m- emotions <laughs> my father felt when he embarked on, and he can hear himself say it, like the flux, no, hold <laughs> yes. on, this is, this is so, this is like a one-man stage show. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Yes. Now, where
2: I grew up, there sure was a bunch of characters. Well, the other thing he doesn't see is Portos, who is, like, coming for some attention, or food, actually. Computer,
0: pause. I'll feed you in a minute. And then he barks at Porthos, hey, like, quiet. And poor little Porthos. She goes, goes, over, goes over for a little sulk on his bed. Yeah, oh, didn't mean to be a bad boy. I yeah. wonder if this is Breezy again, <laughs> one of the two dogs who plays uh, Porthos. Because she did a very good job. She did a very good sulk there. And you can see Archer sort of struggling with it. But he can't. I, I thought this was really interesting. Because we see it a few more times, particularly on Archer, where yeah. he sort of realizes what he's done. But he can't hold on to that thought For long enough to uh, right. keep going with it And uh, he slides back into the other one Yep. And what a torment that must be
2: To Paul, meanwhile, summons or asks Trip to come over to help her with the sensor readings And he's like, I'm working on the chair I get it You're paying me back Making me jump through hoops because I was making too much noise
0: uh, which he says, hey, you can go back to the bridge. I've, I've taken the chair out. We're down in engineering. He says, no, no, I prefer to work here. See,
2: and this is what I'm thinking that like she's starting to right. get yeah. affected as well. Like she's she's like, she's got the whole Vulcans like oh, we're above that sort of thing going on. Because like, you know, the Vulcans for all their talents and uh, skills, they have a few flaws as well.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But also like just some cultural practices like they just I won't even say dishonest, but they have a certain way of presenting themselves that yeah. isn't necessarily consistent with how they're perceived. But the, the same is true for, you know, humans. Mm. They like to present themselves in Star Trek yes. as, "Oh, we're we're above that. We've we've outgrown these needs." Eh, that's that's far from universally true. Yeah. Trip accuses
2: her of trying to doing it only to get herself immortalized in the uh, Vulcan database.
0: Yeah. That's... Which is a bit low, a bit, bit of a low blow, but yeah. Even for the sort of flirty arguing that they've been doing for a while because, you know, he's a good old country engineer and he yes, uh, and doesn't like all these newfangled and the foreign most, ideas. And the
2: most important thing on the ship is the crew. And we- He makes life and death decisions every day and the last thing he needs to be thinking in a critical situation is, gee, I wish this chair wasn't such a pain in the ass. Therefore, the chair must be worked on.
0: Yep, and she's left alone with a piece of equipment that she needed but no way to install it. Yeah.
2: Uh, Now, Flox, after having done the scan, went like, well, still can't find anything, so I'm just going to have to go in and do it manually. Yeah. He did find some
0: elevated hormonal levels Mm -hmm. uh, that he's concerned about, which is actually, like, happening. And unfortunately, he doesn't scan himself to see the same, uh, same thing happening to him. Yeah. Because this is the effect that the, the, the radiation from this black hole or whatever is having. But Travis over-obsesses.
1: Unless you're ready to tie me to a biobed, I'm going back to my helm.
0: Okay, well,
2: I'll just give you something for your headache then.
0: And he's he says like, that thing over his shoulder. Well, at least let me give you an analgesic. Yes. Yeah, well, that's what I wanted in the first place. <laughs> and, once well, he gets an analgesic, or an... Oh, no,
2: we learned that from Chief Greg. Oh, right, yes. It's not an analgesic. It's It's anesthetic. Anesthetic, yes. Are you proud
1: of us, Chief? I was going to make some comments about how can we be proud of you when you made me do softcore porn music in this. And then I remembered, oh, right, but I'm the one that added moans after, like, every item you read. So, yeah, I'm proud of you. Yay. (laughs) See, we listen. Also, uh, I noticed back that, like... to the episodes
0: when they air.
2: Okay, okay one more thing. It's like... Because, it, like, the Ensign, like, says, like, what are you going to do? You're going to have to strap me to a bio bed if you, if, uh, to keep me here. And after Phlox knocks him out, that's exactly what he does. Except yeah. he doesn't even pull him on straight. He kind of, like, still has his legs hanging over the back end and Phlox just starts, like, strapping him up. Yes, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a, a sort of a fair vent of some, some more because like an examination I mean, table little, is little, a little,
2: maybe a little plasma breach, not a warp, not a full vent.
0: <laughs> it's a workbench essentially, yes. right? You, you, you need to have your subject situated correctly. There's a proper position. Also, especially if you want to do brain stuff, you want to be able to access the brain and not have to walk around the, uh, yes. the end of the table. Reed has various suggestions for noises that we could all enjoy. Uh, horrible screeching sirens. So which one do you? Which one does you make you feel sort of more action ready? Is it this one or this one? Which one gets your anxiety levels up the most? Oh. I mean, it is valid. You do want to sort of focus test these these oh, things. Oh, totally. Like, although I wonder what the sort of qualifications would be because I'm thinking, for example, like sirens on first response vehicles, mm-hmm. which are designed to be easily localized. Uh, that's the space thing, behind that, you.
2: That's the things that's starting to happen, yeah. It's basically the n- standard notes of a siren are easy to hear, yep. but very hard to, to pinpoint. Uh, and they found out that, that like adding a lot of white noise to them makes them far more directional for uh, yes. for, for humans. That's why they, sometimes he, the, the sirens, they go dee-doo, dee-doo, and then... You do, you do, etc.
0: An innovation from, I think, about 20 years ago. And because, yes, the scenario is when you're driving a car, you need to know whether this emergency response vehicle is coming from the left or the right, so yeah. you can make space for them. So I wonder what the sort of requirements are of this noise. I mean, ooh, here's an interesting one. It's being played over multiple parts of the ship. Yeah. So there is going to be some sort of acoustic drift. Right speakers that are farther away, you you already see this as concerts, yeah, which are tuned very carefully. The speakers are out of sync in order to uh, make sure that the sound sounds simultaneous right. yeah. just about everywhere. We can never get it perfect. No, so I noticed in the first one, like it had a sort of repeating. Element inside that sort of sounds echoing, so that might be less I
2: effective. You, I don't think you really need that in a ship like this because, like, it, it's all bulkheads and everything, and like you're only going to be hearing the alarm in the room that you're in, and you don't need any requirements to know where it's coming from because it's just a general course, alarm. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want
0: to mistake it for something else. Oh no,
2: but I don't think that's very easy to do.
0: No, certainly not the ones that he's chosen. I mean, they, they, they're, yes.
2: they're very distinct. Oh, they're certainly toned it down by the time that uh, the Next Generation rolls around.
0: Well, not enough for Captain Picard, who, just like Archer, says... Shut up that damn noise! ...the very first time Red Alert happens on Star <laughs> Trek Next Generation, an encounter at Farpoint, yes. according to the preparation that the chief has provided for us. I wonder, like, okay, but once he has one alarm... Okay, so now we have alert readiness. Well... We probably want to have like other conditions as well for special situations. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So let me go, let me go work on that.
1: Yeah, Anson, If we don't serve something soon, we're gonna have a riot on our hands. Is this too salty?
0: Uh. And she wants to get it just right. It's like no, it's, it's she fine.
2: Just it's, kicks him out.
0: Get some of them. Oh. Some of the cretacin spice. Uh, cretacins, that's the one that they visited in the last episode that, oh. we, uh, that we looked. A nice and, a night in sick bay. Carrots! <laughs> yeah, she demands carrots. Oh, I'm out of carrots. There are 25... 25- carrots! And then she shoes him out. Like, yep. hardcore. Out. Get out. Get out! She looks good in her apron. There's a... Pointless
2: little thing. Well, not pointless, but it like it, it sets the, more of the scene between Reed and Paul about the security uh, clearances. Like, yes, I issued security codes to all of the uh, uh, senior staff, so we all now have secret passphrases and handshakes, uh-huh. and we have to uh, so we can identify themselves and to see if there is not an interloper here who is impersonating
0: one of the staff. I think you are right that she's also affected because she just breezes past this absolutely bizarre behavior yep. of unsanctioned security protocols being implemented and expected of her. And she just kind of she just sort of skips over it when he goes, oh, but without your security code, you could be anyone. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, and she starts into her thing. <laughs> yes. She needs someone to help install this. And then she notices.
1: Lieutenant, why are you armed?
0: He's got his uh, pulse pistol on his hip there. Fine looking weapon. Can't imagine that it's very easy to aim. Because it has a rounded top. Yeah. It doesn't really have a sight. A no, sight but that's line. like that
2: comes later with phasers as well, you know.
0: They also don't have it.
2: Yep. And it actually starts becoming a little dark because Reed is commenting, like, yes, we have to be armed now in, in, in certain areas. And, like, Topol's like, What's the captain say about it? Well, I'd mailed him the proposal, but he's not responded to it, so I'm going uh-huh. ahead and implemented. it. And, like, something needs to be done by this, and it becomes a little bit threatening, even, like he's more interested in fraternizing with the crew. And I intend to imply some long overdue changes, and if the captain won't approve him, then I'll go to Starfleet. That sounds like mutiny.
0: Yeah... I mean, there's got to be another word for mutiny, but yeah, no, it, depends like on how, it
2: depends on how he acts on it. It sounds like um, mutiny.
0: <laughs> oh, let me go. Sort of sort of flexibility read colon chain of commands. Yes. Yeah. And this is the rest of the, the episode. All of these different combinations of characters. We, we now have uh, Archer coming down to yeah. engineering.
2: Chairs being completely taken apart and redesigned yep because did you know that this chair is the exact same model used on Neptune class survey ships
1: is that why you called me down here Enterprise is the first warp 5 vessel in human history the pride of the fleet and you're sitting in a chair they've been using
2: on warp 2 ships for over a decade you deserve better and from another bit of the trivia that was uh, provided for us is like there's a lot of all the features that trip is uh, suggesting here are are pretty much things that we see in later chronologically later star treks you know the oh yeah being able to uh, manage the status displays and doing a little sometimes even a little bit secondary helm from the chair
0: controls yeah all that all that stuff plus oh and this one is really interesting micro inertial dampeners yeah Uh, so they don't have to sh- or a seatbelt, you know? No, but heard of those? this is this is revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if micro inertial dampeners have ever been like explained before. But a micro inertial dampener might be better than a seatbelt. Sure. But, right, because a seatbelt can cut into your flesh, it right. can be restrictive, it can certainly something break. But they, still haven't, they still haven't gone around to them in uh, Next Generation. What I'm saying is yeah. what if they all have them and the ship shakes so hard yeah. every time that even the micro-inertial dampeners <laughs> in every chair yeah. and workstation can't handle it. And that if they had been wearing seatbelts, they'd have been cut in half. Yep, well, yeah. I mean, I've always found the inertial yeah, dampeners. Yeah, i got I to I, press the button because I am defending all of Star Trek canon where people complain about, oh, why don't they wear seatbelts? They've got something better than seatbelts and it also doesn't work. And if they were wearing seatbelts, they would die. Well, I mean,
2: there you have already have the regular inertial dampeners, which stop you from turning into a paste on the wall whenever a ship goes into warp.
0: Uh, handy. Yes. Very, very handy, those things. <laughs>
2: very useful.
0: Uh-huh. Archer tries to recite another pretty terrible opening paragraph to Trip, who's completely uninter- uninterested and just wants to uh, scan him with a science gun. Isn't that used for aligning phase coils? You won't feel a thing. It's a really cool special effect because this beam passes over Archer and then you see this this sort of grid appearing over him like he's being 3D scanned. Well, which is actually literally what he's doing.
2: So uh, while he's like, yeah, he gets him to turn around. Again, we have a, a scene where two people are... Completely doing their own thing and only tolerating the other person's presence in the room. Yes, they're kind of completely ignoring what they're what they're doing at one
0: another. Right. I do want to point out like a small detail, which is. Archer has a particular way of walking. He has this really exaggerated shoulder swagger. Yeah. He's sort of tipping back and forth like a sawhorse, even when he's just turning around, which obviously is going to throw off some of the measurements. But it's not yeah. until the scanning beam gets to waist height that Trip says, okay, now hold still. We're like, oh, the rest of the measurements must be off. But no, he only cares about the butt. Yeah. He's good. a full-on butt-obsessed he, butt needs, he He
2: needs the chair. To, uh, because get that's it.
0: what the chair is. Yeah. yeah. The chair is all about the butt.
2: Well, and the back of the thighs, really.
0: And the back of the thighs, and the small of the back. I have 83 people to feed, not just senior officers. All I
1: requested was a bowl of plumbing
0: broth. I guess the line's been growing. I guess she's been in there so long that those 25 people have, I think, by now either died or they've repopulated the planet, and these are now their 83 descendants, or the rest (laughs) of the... (laughs) You know, it could be anything. Uh, In a few days. So, like, running a ship. This ship obviously has
2: 24-hour operations.
0: Look, it's always been kind of iffy on, on Star Trek. Like, right. when does anybody sleep? Sometimes they acknowledge that there are second and third shifts. Right. And or sometimes, sometimes have, even yeah, four. Night, sh- night
2: shift, yeah. I mean, I think four shifts seems to be a normal. Running a ship like that, like, assuming 24-hour operations, mm. you would want, uh, you know, four meals a day. Just, like, every six hours there's a meal, I think. Yeah. On On the Enterprise D... Not everybody Ugh. has a bloody replicator. You can like eat whenever you want.
0: Oh sure, sure, sure. I'm just thinking yeah. about the shifts because I know in an episode when another captain comes on board, Captain yeah. Jellico, he wants to introduce a different number. We have a standard three
1: shift rotation. I'd like to change that to four starting tonight.
0: But you know, whenever something interesting happens, they never have to wake up the captain. No, like the day shift is always at their station whenever interesting stuff happens.
2: This is a tactical alert. All hands report to your
0: stations. And everybody busts onto the bridge, and particularly the captain. Look, what the hell is this? I didn't authorize any drills. Well, wouldn't know that it was a drill if it's like, which is like a bullshit
2: argument. Like, wouldn't, like, wouldn't be a good test if everybody knew it was a drill. No, well, kinda,
0: you know. Yeah, the the senior staff needs to know about it. Yeah. It's a battle readiness for everyone, you, but it needs to be approved. And you need to practice these things, you know? Like, if you have, you have new protocols which you're
2: implementing, you're not just going to go, like, full balls-out surprise implementation. First, you, first right. you're going to practice these a few times, you know? like
0: Because that also adds the extra complication that now, from now on, you have to also say this is not a drill when it's not a drill. Hell, oh, yes. Which is a waste of time. Yes. Right? Wouldn't you want people to know that it's not a drill when they hear the alarm? I guess it's... I mean, I can understand why it's done. Because
2: a lot of the time, especially when the training drills happen much more often than the real ones, people are going to be likely to assume that it is yet another training drill.
0: Right. But then shouldn't you make it clear that the training drills are training drills? Because everybody's going to know when it's a training drill because you don't hear, this is not a drill. So why don't give the training drills a different alarm? Yeah. What I'm saying is, we need to have 70 different alarms. Right. So this one is slightly less stressful. It's maybe a little bit more relaxed. Maybe it's oh, here's a fun one, Chief. How about a combination of one of these alarms and your softcore porn music? <laughs> what is
2: it with your obsession with softcore porn music lately?
0: Chief Greg does it. No, he just uh, does great softcore uh, porn okay, no, music know, on well, our I've, podcast. Yes, I'm I, a I, huge I, fan. No,
2: no, I agree. I was, <laughs>
0: Oh, wait, that could be it. <laughs> <laughs> this is really cool. I love the sort of handheld filming that Enterprise gets to do very often because it has such excellent on-set lighting that everyone can just walk around. You can point the camera anywhere and people will walk into interesting lighting. And so we just have this, this scene where everyone's sort of complaining about this noise and very quickly it passes out of their brain and they're back to obsessing about their own thing. Yep. Uh, and blaming each other for not caring.
2: And actually, come, it actually comes to blows.
1: You ignored a tactical alert for this. I want to run some colors by you for the headrest. This is all a big joke to you. Give it a rest.
0: Archer has to come between them. Uh, he blocks guys, up against guys, the wall. important parts. I
2: need to get this uh, this, this preface finished.
0: <laughs> yep. And he tells to Paul like, unless there's a real emergency, exactly, reactor like, failure. I don't want to be disturbed because preface. He's sitting in his room alone sort of grumbly. And of course, DePaul comes in. Do I have to start locking my door? And she's trying to tell him
2: there is an emergency.
0: Yeah, the crew, and he won't listen. But he, he also has this same situation that I talked about before. Like she's explaining, okay, everybody's obsessing with trivial matters. It's one particular thing that everyone's everyone's doing. And for you, it's your preface. And for a second, like he's, he sees her point. You can see it on his yeah, face. Yeah. He recognizes her and it sort of glances off his mind. He, he can't hold on to it. I'm busy. Go
2: away. He kicks her out. Brilliant. True's in danger. And he goes like, well, yeah, now you're out. Stay out. Otherwise, I will have you kicked off the ship. Yep. I'll call, a call to the nearest Vulcan ship, and they can come take you away.
0: So to Paul, uh, she does the right thing. Like, first she goes to the captain. The captain is not fit to lead the ship. Nope. So we go to the medical officer. Who's the only person on board? uh. uh well, I'm pretty sure that, like... As a first officer, she'd be able to do it. Yes. But the much more rational path, I guess...
2: Would be to get, yeah, to get ex- the doctor to confirm, at least.
0: Yeah, because this is not so much about, like, he's, he's unfit or he's making bad decisions. Like, he's ill.
2: Yeah. Flock is delighted that Paul has come to help him perform the surgery.
0: Oh, you're just in time, subcommander. There's a surgical gown in the compartment by the microscope. <laughs> this is a rare opportunity to explore the human brain. Ah yes! <laughs> Grab the head clamp and the skull cracker. There's a
2: there's an extra. I'm going to re- extracting the first twelve millimeters of his parietal per- uh, lobe. Parietal lobe. Sorry. Parietal
0: lobe. Right, Pariet- it's pronounced. Parietal. Uh, yes. I'm intrigued by how does Flocks put on his gown when the buttons are at the back? Ah, very cleverly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Maybe he's just quite flexible. I can like pretty much reach every part of my back with my hands. Could you tie buttons? Well, that would be more difficult. Even if they push Maybe buttons, magnetic all snaps,
0: way, all the way
2: from the bum to the, the, the top snaps. of the neck, magnetic snaps. But okay. uh, yes, uh, he, he's like about to cut into him, and she like st- stays his hand, and he's like
0: gives this really threatening. Please remove your hand. I won't ask you again. He says, while holding a scalpel. Yes.
2: (laughs) Sure. All right. I'll go. And neck pinches him out.
0: Yay. And then just sort of looks away. Yeah, wanders off. But she sees what what he had on his uh, overhead scanning screen. She sees the uh, elevated hormonal levels. And she's back to her uh,
2: microblogging.
1: Ironically, Dr. Flox's obsession with Ensign Mayweather's headache has provided
0: some useful data. His
2: cerebral scans have helped me determine that the radiation coming
1: from the trinary system is causing.
0: Oh, she's wandering through the ship and finding everyone unconscious, Mm. which... At first, I thought, has she just been neck-pinching everyone? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I thought, like, from trying to make her way to the... Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's your deleted scene.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> kind of was. I'm going to a little preview of it. She walks into the kitchen, finds Hoshi slumped and a, and a pan boiling over, which she does not turn off. Nope. Hey, that's, that's a bad thing to do, <laughs> yes. you know? like, like, it's cool that you got automated fire suppression systems, but don't rely on them. Turn a cooking pan off when it's unattended.
2: Uh, and she starts, like, okay, she starts to realize that it is the radiation from the black hole which is doing this, and also realizing that she can't uh, turn a ship around. Yep. Because it'll take two more days of radiation.
0: Yep, because the field is asymmetrical. It's being projected in the direction that they that came from. But yeah. if she can thread the needle and get the ship in between this incredibly tumultuous gravitational system. There's a direction in which the radiation is not being flung. But she can't fly that alone. She yep. needs to study the environment in order to be able to set a course, and somebody has to pilot the ship. And it can't be Travis... Because he's been anesthetized. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and so she goes back to uh, to, to Archer. Archer. Yep, who's very groggy on the side of unconsciousness. And like, did you figure out what she was going to do? Because she's she's just grabbing him and wanting him into the shower. Well, I mean, I think we should, we've
2: probably seen the shower design at first, but uh, when she was like manhandling him around into the shower cabin, it reminded me of, like we have in Amsterdam, there are public toilet facilities. Ah, yes, the curl. Yes, or a pea curl, if you want to uh, call it, which is, yeah, basically a kind of like spirally-shaped piece of sheet, stamped sheet metal uh, sitting on legs. Yep. Uh, and you can just kind of kind of walk in there and, like, pee, and then...
0: Yeah, for those of us who were, are equipped to pee standing up, yes. as uh, as people in Amsterdam have been doing for a thousand years. Right. Also uh, used
2: for illicit encounters.
0: Is it? It's, it it's awful cramped. It is. And you can still count the there number two of pee- legs. Yes.
2: Well, but it was still apparently in use. Like, there's a... All
0: right. Yeah. Well... Uh, I mean, there's a time and a place, yeah. And apparently, this is Late at the time and the yeah. place. Yeah, I guess. But
2: it's No No, she's just she puts
0: him in the shower, turns it on. I see what you mean because it does have the. I don't know. It's <laughs> almost like a croissant wrap because right. the, the the sheet does sort of decrease in length yes. as it widens, and so increasing in privacy as you get toward the center it of this. It, it,
2: it, it is very suitable for for
0: having the key in public,
2: right? But also, I was going to say it. for like having a uh, a shower cubicle where you can get a, still get a long range shot into. A long-range shot into what are you talking about? For a camera crew, so it's like it's it's perfect for like filming someone in the shower. Oh (laughs) yes, that's right. (laughs) I was approaching the shower design not from its functionality as a shower, but from the requirements that it
0: being a a movie set uh, come with. I understand that now. (laughs) I also know that you are a marksman and a teacher in marksmanship. (laughs) So a long-range shot into a shower cubicle. My mind goes to in different places. Okay, so I'm very glad to hear it. But yes, she just sort of muscles him into the shower and props him up and then goes outside, which is where the temperature controls are, yeah. apparently. And she blasts him with cold water and she hands him a thermos that she brought from his own desk yes. with apparently terrible coffee. Yeah, it's tea. yeah, that's right, it's tea. Just to, <laughs> just to shake him out of it. <laughs> And she's she's got her hand pressed up to the glass, almost like... Again, we have another reminiscing of the scene between uh, Spock, Spock and, and Le- Kirk.
2: Kirk, yes. I know With the needs of the many. I was thinking that as well.
0: That was exactly the hero. Uh, right? I'm convinced that that's what they were going for. And I think it's really valid, because you can see Archer sort of struggling through, like, yeah, nobody loves being doused in, in cold water, yeah. but it is helping him think a little straighter. I mean, probably if Phlox was uh, Corpus Mentis, he'd be able to prescribe something very sensible, but... Yes. She's doing the right thing and not just randomly guessing some sort of medication. No, especially,
2: especially in Phlox's uh, laboratory, I would not uh, take that risk. Um, she she's tells trying him, to get him yeah, ready. It'll take 17 minutes to get this done. Uh, that's all I need. Travis. He's been sedated.
0: I'm in no condition to fly...
1: A starship. we have no other choice
0: and he pulls it together just like he did in a night in sick bay and even no. at his worst Archer pulls it together straps himself into the seat and starts flying I feel
1: like I'm in flight school again you're doing well
2: because he's getting his bearings wrong and his uh, yeah his, his readbacks to uh, to Paul are incorrect and then he's like kind of just drifting off anywhere. I really
0: like that. Yeah. Because she's, you know, it starts off with we're too far to port. Hey, you said 2.4? No, I said 12.4. Oh, my my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets it right. And he and he focuses on it. And you can see how how difficult it is for him. Like he's really struggling to hold on. And she says, you're doing great. Until he doesn't, because he yeah. goes way off course and there's this
2: massive rock out outside the front of the screen and like
1: We need phase cannons. They take too long to charge.
0: Wait, hold on. The phaser packs are charged. Yeah, because burp, burp. Yep. <laughs> because alert. Reed had already set Red Alert to yeah. be triggered by a, a significant impact on the hull. Right. Like they've had. So it has already been charged and came online now they can blast it apart. I talked about how uh, you know dated the, the, the graphics look, I don't care, yeah. it's so cool. Especially this, this handheld shot of like the, the view screen where you're looking outside, it almost looks like you know modern view screens mm. on, on modern Star yeah. Trek or also windows and magnifiers. Uh, so you get a real sense of space and place. And you need to hold on, we need, a, we need another six minutes. Okay, I'm good for six, he, he says.
2: Not entirely, but.
0: Uh, how much longer?
1: Less than 10 seconds.
0: Finally, nothing more on sensors. And people start waking up. Yep. Trip, who was on the bridge for
2: whatever reason. (laughs) He was probably just like doing some wiring for the chair. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe.
0: Maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: I love his first comments like, Did we get some nice pictures of the black hole?
0: (laughs) Yeah, because that's where he started with. Yeah. Like, everybody's mind is functioning again, and you can have more than one thought. Dr. Phlox's sick sickbay is is pretty busy.
2: Because everybody's coming by to check, up, uh, especially from the bums and bruises they got while uh, falling over.
0: You can see that he's pretty uneasy with what he's done, but he's correctly hyper-focusing on treating the crew first. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> I appreciate your intervening uh, before I got any further with Mr. Mayweather's procedure.
1: I wasn't certain it would work on a denobulin.
2: Yeah, it worked quite effectively, I can assure what, you. What procedure on Mr. Mayweather? It'll be my report. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, because yeah, he yeah. has to report that. And yeah, he yeah. knows he, well, you know, if he's held responsible for this, that may very well be a court-martial or yeah. an investigation, and that would all be justified. He's going to face that, but first the crew. I really respected that. And, oh, I like that Archer calls Reed in, yes. for, uh, for a conversation. Uh, where he says, okay, you... You implemented all these things without, without approval. Yes, I've already removed them. Well, well, I think they're a good idea. Put them back. Yeah. Because those weapons came online right when we needed them. But for God's sake, man, change the alarm. <laughs> 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 and he says, I'll get right on that. And then he hyperfocuses just for normal reasons, right? Just for right. Just normal people reasons.
2: As it should. We get the, last, the final scene in where the chair is put back, and then Archer is like, oh, it just looks just the same. Oh, it sits
0: very good. Oh, this is nice." Yeah. Trips so smug about it. No? Yeah. Just, just give it a try. Yeah. Just cross your legs. Wow, it's like a completely different chair. Which
2: apparently is also a uh, a, a reference. Um,
0: oh yeah, Kirk.
2: Yes, because that's how, like, how, uh, how how Kirk always sits in the
0: chair. Leaning sideways like a 1950s talk show host. (laughs) What'd you do? Seems totally different.
2: I lowered it by one centimeter.
0: That's all it sometimes takes. But yes, you're right. It's still too high. Like his heels barely touch the floor.
2: And then one more thing. Archer walks up to the pole with his data pad and, "Hey, how does this sound?" (laughs) It's (laughs) like (laughs) we get. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it's,
0: you know, even though it's not a hyperfixation, it's still still one of the tasks on your mind. Oh, I love this episode. Yeah. I mean... I'm kind of into just only watching Enterprise episodes where everybody acts out of character. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be our pattern for a while. We'll see how that goes with the uh, Weedle well, recommendation. There's, uh,
2: actually, there's one more thing that uh, we have here. That the episode, uh, this episode had the team of a Star Trek crew being affected by a phenomenon which makes everyone on the ship lose emotional control. Yes. Completely grinding efficiency to a halt. This team has been used several times previously, whether treated tragically or comically by the script. Examples include, but are not limited to, The Naked Time, <laughs> 1966, The Naked Now, 1987, oh, yeah. Sarek, 1990, and Fascination in 1994. So I guess the first two of those were... Sorry, the first one is uh, original series, and the two would be um, uh, Next Generation, Fascinations, or is that a DS9 one?
0: That's DS9. That's right. where uh, Luxana Troy arrives on the ship and starts projecting her emotions onto oh, everybody else yes. uh, unintentionally. Sarik was a very good one that's where uh, yeah. uh, Sarik is suffering from Bendai syndrome yes, 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 and Card yes. hosts his uh, chaotic mind and The Naked Now and The Naked Time are essentially kind of the same story a really weird choice for starting The Next Generation's second episode to have the characters acting contrary to their established character their barely established character yeah. well, oh well still interesting I kind of like this yeah I, I, yeah, I think it was a fun episode and I'm really intrigued by what what Odeng is. Do you have any deleted scenes have, that you imagine? I, I, have, I have two, in fact. Oh, awesome.
2: Yes, the first one is a deleted scene is where Chef is desperately hiding in sickbay, trying to avoid Because Flo- <laughs> Chef is only mentioned at the beginning of the episode you're, you're right. that he is like and he, uh, that he's gone to he's calling sick, he's presumably gone to sickbay. He's already we, yes and we never see him. So <laughs> I, he is hiding in a cupboard somewhere and is trying to like avoid flocks like when it's survival horror. Exact flocks is rummaging through cabinets looking for stuff to treat the uh, Ensign Wig oh with no. uh, And, like he's just oh like oh trying poor to, Chef. Crawling away he is <laughs>
0: And Shevez is just like this, this little person. Oh.
2: You can see there's like a shot of him sitting in the cabinet, and then Fox opening the door and him, him hiding behind the table, Jurassic Park style, while Fox Phlox- <laughs> <laughs> And the second one is a somewhat long-winded technical scene where T'Pol is sitting there, and the, uh, the end conclusion is that she's now solved the three-body problem oh. in trying to plot a course through this <laughs> trinary system.
1: Oh,
0: oh, oh. oh, wow, yeah. That would definitely put you in the annals of the Vulcan Science I know, right? Energy. Yeah, well done. <laughs>
2: Oh, see if actually, thought... no. That would be the, the final scene at the end of it, like when there's a li- li- little uh, ceremony where, it's like, she's been, like, she she sends in this application to the Vulcan uh, uh, Science Academy and oh, like yes. with, with with her proof of the uh, solving the three body problem, and then th- like take that, uh, Malcolm, and,
0: <laughs> 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 and she wins the Topo Bell yeah, Prize. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I think mine is going to be about Ensign Joey uh-huh. because I think he's full of shit. I think that there's really not that many people waiting for, for right. food out there. But his obsession is he, I mean, he had a choice between either working for his aunt's restaurant as a line cook or yeah. uh, going to Starfleet. And he went to Starfleet because it, it seemed like a little less effort
2: and then they put him in the mess hall anyway
0: but he's still kind of like probably in his spare time he goes on the on the whatever version of the holodeck they have in the enterprise and like imagines running a restaurant because he likes kind of the stress and like the chef (laughs) and he's sort of cosplaying or like role playing that this is happening it's not really happening everybody's fine they can just get space kit kats from wherever get some of the Uh, nutrient slurry. (laughs) <laughs> but he just likes the opportunity of running back and forth and saying that it's way busier than yes. it is. Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> kind of like Cooking Mama, but then, you know, on the holiday.
0: There you go. All right. So. I feel like we need another segment. Like, I, I know, We need right? sort of come down, right, after... Uh, who do you think did, like, a really good job here? Um, let's, let's give, like, a, a, a little sort of gold star to someone who did a really good job. And it can be, like... In in set design, like, who do you want to, like, oh, shine a spotlight okay. on? okay. Ooh. Or it can mm. be a character. Mine's going to be Breezy, because I think she did a very good sit and sulk. Aw. Yeah. Well done, Breezy. What the hell was that? That was your cat. No. Oh, no, it is mine. She isn't there.
2: Yeah, okay. Who was doing a bit of a
0: sulk, I think. Yeah, she was doing a Breezy. Yeah.
2: Uh, because she is once again in kitty jail for trying to chew on the cables.
0: Yeah, it's going to be the norm.
2: Yeah, I'm afraid so. I mean, we gave her the option to sleep it off in the po- on on uh, on her little cat tree, but no, no, no. There she could had, have been peace. She had to come down, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think mine would have to go to Malcolm for oh. doing a damn good job in implementing his security protocols. I mean, the op- the obvious choice is to Paul for saving everybody, but I think Malcolm is. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: And he he did establish apparently two hundred years of Snowflake Protocol. Yes, well which done. Is
2: like at least, or at least he started it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so yes, I mean a bit overzealous in implementing it before it was approved. But was weird, yeah. But that was because of, of the weird, the
2: weird, uh, circumstances. But hey, yes, good and I, I And I thought that like the the whole read alert was quite a, quite a key, cool shot. I am like nah Let's <laughs> just make it red alert. It's <laughs>
0: See, everybody. I'm, I must be the only one who doesn't absolutely love that because I wasn't totally charmed by it because, hey, it doesn't rhyme, it doesn't sound anything close, no. but apparently everybody loves it. Maybe it's just my, oh, my sort of response to Odang soup. Must just be me then. Yes. <laughs> All right, and with that, I'm leaving Starfleet. Energize!
1: We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode with friends Kay and Kaki. Production and editing by your chief engineer, Greg, and music by Fox Amore. Join us next time for Voyager Season 2, Episode 23, The Thaw. Visit joyoftrek.com slash links to send us your recommendations, support us on Patreon, or to find us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to The Joy of Trek, and we'll see you out there.